0: I was very honored to be invited and to speak within the gallery space with Roman Vishniak. I, I got to really give myself the pleasure of studying his work in depth. I feel like I'm in an incredible company, and I wonder really how it was that I was invited to speak here in this context. And now that I've looked more closely at his work, I see saw a lot of parallels to my own journey as a photographer. I'm going to try to draw those parallels in, in the context of what's going on right here in these walls. The exhibition is really beautifully organized because so often we think linearly, but life doesn't flow in a straight line. Things are happening concurrent with one another. And when I first walk into this gallery space, I really sense all these different layers of things happening. So Roman Vishniak is learning his, Craft. He is becoming a photographer, and we see his early work 1920 to 1930, and these photographs on this wall really talk to the shape, the form, the basic vocabulary that he's going to use as a photographer. This is something I really understood in my own work, now having the gift of being able to look back at what I've done over the years, I can see how I built a language based on the influences that I had as a young photographer in the 1970s. So Roman Vishniak was starting off in the 1920s and 30s, a time of modernism, avant-garde art, form and photography itself were really very new. This idea of using a mechanical uh, instrument to make art shifted the landscape entirely. And if you look at these first few photographs, you see this one in particular that really comes out and this one that used camera vision and the contemporary idea of changing your perspective of moving in really really close, using line in both of these as a very strong demarcation of the elegance of his vision and also light So when you look at these photographs, the majority of them around here are still very much building on how you describe something through line, form, shadow, light. And the most important part that really makes photography its unique medium is the element of time and the way in which time captures emotion. When I looked at Vishniak's work and thought about why his work is so incredibly successful, I came to the idea that he not only had amazing vision in terms of how he built a photograph and used these basic tools that you see in all of these images, but he also had passion, and his content of the people that he photographed and the way that he captures their emotion is really what takes his work into a place that's you know a little further than Cortez and Bressay and Bresson and his contemporaries in many ways and he was born into an incredibly difficult set of circumstances even though he himself was somewhat privileged financially was able to move somewhat more fluidly because of his passport as a Latvian he still saw witnessed and felt the horrors of what was going on in Europe in the 1930s. But the world was a difficult place all the way around, and we have in our own culture the work of uh, Dorothea Lange and Walker Evans, who were photographing through the Farm Security Administration in the 1930s as well. So I was very excited to think about the parallels in terms of how the camera made history for us, a place that we can now revisit. At one point he said, I may not be able to save lives, but I can save memories. In my own work, when I first began my serious uh, pursuit of photography, I was born into an era of minimalism. I mean, you are where you came from. When I first started taking pictures, my goal was to photograph nothing. We were trying to, like, you know, make pictures that were so transcendent, there was no content, you know? (laughs) And that's not easy with a camera, you know, because it really of you got to put something in there, right? So I worked very hard on balance and line and form, and I made a lot of very boring photographs. So, uh, you know, we'll see how those age. They're somewhat dated. But then as I moved in my own life through various stages, very early on, I went to Latin America and I studied, by being there, the ideas of the revolutions and the things that were happening in Central America in particular. And I became very passionate about those causes. But I was still photographing blank walls. I was sort of listening to the revolution and I was photographing blank walls because I wasn't quite there yet. But I came back and I moved to the South of Market District of San Francisco. And I moved there at a time which was, for our own personal culture, kind of uh, very much a marking of how we are changing as a community, as a city and uh, moving into a more globalized world. The issues of San Francisco mirror the issues of cities everywhere and the ideas behind urban blight and urban flight uh, that marked San Francisco were seen throughout all the cities. I grew up in Los Angeles, in Compton in particular, and I was directly affected by the Watts riots. Um, I remember the first time I met someone my age who was affected by the riots in Detroit, right? It was before the internet. the internet, you know, we didn't really know things were going on outside of our own world. So this idea of a community under siege and uh, the fact that cities were being um, decimated by virtue of the kind of culture, political issues of that era. So when I came to San Francisco, what was primarily on my mind when I came to South of Market was finding a sense of community. It's where artists moved. I moved on to Langton Street right after I was traveling through Central America. I had no money, and I was looking for the very cheapest place to live, but I also knew that Southwood Market was where the artists were. In fact, I moved to Langton Street, and on that very street was 80 Langton Street, which was one of the most primary alternative space galleries right down the street, which Renee Pritikin was very much involved with as one of the directors. So um, I even photographed some of the installations there. It was a very, it was like a sacred space. And, um, you know, we were very much treated that way. So the um, South of Market area was cheap, and it was empty. I was looking at pictures yesterday. Uh, The streets, their parking was not a problem. I have many pictures where there is like absolutely no cars anywhere and many boarded up buildings and things just falling apart. I brought a a little show and tell. I made this book, South of Market, and I'm just going to pass it around. Um, Let's see if there's anything in particular. In the beginning, I've used old newsprint because I'm very much involved with the way in which we record the passage of time and I read the paper. I read two or three of them every day. My kitchen table is covered with newsprint. I find our media such an important element in our understanding of how we see ourselves. And so this is probably one of the photographs that might be most relevant to where we stand right now, which is just a little, oh, you can see the building in the back here of the um, substation. This is the Rochester Big and Tall, which is now soon to be the new museum, and in the background you'll see the Moscone Center. If you have not seen the book yet, um, I actually posted every picture in the book on my website because the book is sold out, it's out of print. It was a selection of those pictures were shown at the DeYoung Museum. So I came to the South of Market and I photographed from 78 to about 86, and I photographed my neighborhood. I photographed my neighborhood initially because I was at risk. It was a dangerous neighborhood. I was held up at knife points, all my equipment was stolen, and I said, I need to know everybody. I need to know who's who and who isn't who, and if something happens, whose house I can run into because I'm 26, 27, I'm on the street with my camera, and I need to know where I am. I also realized at that time because I was photographing in the Moscone Center which was under construction because remember I was trying to photograph nothing so you know I was like moving in the direction of construction sites and uh, because you know it was still nothing but there was at least rebar and you could kind of like organize it I was actually photographing with Katherine Wagner if you know her work and we were both trying to organize rebar she did a really good job with it I left (laughs) <laughs> the pit, <laughs> and I started to look around and see what was going on in the culture that I understood would be highly impacted by the arrival of the Moscone Center, which was really the beginning of the massive gentrification that we experienced throughout the whole city. I'm not entirely against gentrification, things change. I get that. It's a much more complicated situation. I'm not going to go into it. Just suffice it to say, I took a lot of photographs of the people whose lives I thought would be affected. So in some ways, this idea of moving from the aesthetic to the document where we start to identify people who are going to experience the change. And this is what Roman Vishniak does so beautifully. He makes history come alive. Why do we care about these strangers? We don't know them, but we feel where they are. So the idea of putting people in a place is what I think his work does so phenomenally well. And the idea that I'm, uh, you know, in my own life, I'm photographing form, and then I start putting content into it because I realize there's this issue of the Moscone Center, and that my neighborhood will be at risk by virtue of the uh, rising rents brought on by the new construction. You know, so this becomes like the focus of my new work at that point. I'm going to come back to why I picked this spot in the gallery because we have him like learning how to make pictures. You know, this is just vendors, probably Paris. You know, uh, there. You know, just moments like this woman. You know, washing the windows at the same time that this sign of a man carrying a ladder. You know, there's action in the photographs. They're little points of uh, that are energizing the frame. Um, that make his work so lively, and the bear photograph is much discussed as who's in the zoo, who's looking, and there's a, a lot of uh, importance to that photograph in particular. The ideas that he's learning photography, meanwhile there's the rise of the Nazi German power going on at the same time and that he can come and see this, because he's already been expelled, so to speak, from Russia, fled Russia after the revolution with his family, finished studying in Moscow. They came before he arrives in 1920, and starts to see again this persecution. And so these street pictures, which are made at about the same time as these photographs, I think, but but are edited out and shown as pictures that begin to talk about the problems. And, you know, the way he uses his daughter as a foil to be able to do posters and things that Jews were not allowed to photograph. I mean, the conditions under which he worked were so phenomenally complicated that, um, you had to prove your Aryan descent. So there were you know, all kinds of issues at play there. And then the fact that he was um, sent to do work to support a particular cause in the work of the German Jewish Relief Organization is something I actually, after I finished the South of Market Project, worked as a photographer doing advocacy documentary work for an organization in Oakland. And I photographed all over the state but they were very much like, the, there's a discussion about his photographs to try to raise money for the very uh, problematic issues around being Jewish in Eastern European Jew and trying to become, uh, you know, doing fundraising to support them and then showing how well they were doing in Norway and the camps to try to, you know, give a more positive view. So as he shifts his point of view, I think it's fascinating how complicated that is, having had to go from being critical. Uh, in my own artwork to being an advocate in the hired work that I did. While I was doing the South of Market Project, I was also going to New York City. And these are probably even more akin to the work of Vishniak in the sense that I was literally, I brought this camera with me because this is the same camera he used. And so, you know, I'm happy to share Uh, if you want to get, take a closer look, I'm, I'm very much into show-and-tell. Um, but when, if you were to have seen him on the street, I mean, again, he couldn't really be very overt about it in much of this earlier work. And so there's a discussion in the text about him hiding in the doorway to make photographs. So he could be unobtrusive. This camera, if you see the work I did in the, South, in the New York City photographs, people are not aware when you're taking pictures. In fact, I'll take one right now. There's no film in here. because Listen. Like you don't even know, right, that that happened. There's something so surreptitious. And also you're looking down so you can sort of guess. And also with the little Leica that he used, it's a very quiet camera and it's very unobtrusive. So a lot of times people probably were completely unaware of him. And in the New York photographs, I felt that that was very much part of the language of those pictures. So, you know, in my ideas of street photography, Per se, maybe I haven't really even discussed that. What I got from studying his work was how important it is to look at the flow of people on a street, particularly when you're looking back in time and thinking about how people relate to one another. I feel that um, his work, the other body of work that I would have taken you to were we to be more mobile, would have been the. I, ruins of uh, after Berlin because he left during the war and he returned uh, to photograph the ruins and to me those are the pictures that are the most transformative I feel my gut move when I look at those pictures of people walking through the ruins the two children with their arm around each other I mean photography stops time and it gives us the opportunity to revisit and to experience again a place that maybe we never knew, or as what happened with the DeYoung photographs, people were able to experience their old neighborhood. I had so many people come back to the galleries and look at the work, and take a picture of themselves next to it, and then send it to me. I mean, that was the most amazing, and then I connected with people who I hadn't seen in 30 years. So. This idea of a place, Berlin, Germany, Poland, my family's from Poland and Austria-Hungary, and you know that it exists because of the camera in its most tangible way, that we can carry the past forward, we can learn from past mistakes, and we can also experience this sort of feeling of time compressing. Yesterday I was at the Bancroft where some of my work is on loan. I spent all day looking through old transparencies that I've never looked at. And I just, you walk out and you go, wow, that's then, this is now. And they just, you know, I can look at Rennie when he was like 30 years younger. And that's what I can remember, right? And myself, very strange. So, you know, street photography, I think it's uh, important to do it. I know there's been a real backlash about it, uh, issues of privacy, but I think we sort of got over that because now everything, somebody finally realized we're all being photographed. Just be on your best and go for it. <laughs> and I, I was just standing in front of the art academy uh, over on New Montgomery. I was photographing at the New Montgomery building and I went outside. I mean, that's such an amazing place. If you want to practice street photography, Art students are the best, you know. They're oblivious. They're cool. They look weird, and uh, you know. And I had my digital camera, and I'm just taking pictures of them. And I think I do it because I love them. I know that sounds sort of sentimental, and I am, but I'm just so thrilled to be on a street with other people, and that's really what motivates me more than anything. Um, is a sort of scooping up of all of these experiences and trying to organize them in some way. So I'm a, a big proponent of um, catching people moving through time. I think it's a, there's a flow that's really great.